The Bible Study Podcast, episode 128. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Luke with Luke chapter 16. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Luke 16 starts with this parable, the parable of the shrewd manager. Jesus told his disciples, There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management, because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do, so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses." So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked him first, How much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. Then he asked a second, How much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, Take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself, so that when it is gone you may be welcomed into eternal dwellings. This is one of the strangest parables in the Bible, because here is somebody who is not a good manager, because they're being fired. He's accused of wasting the rich man's possessions. So, We start with somebody who is not good, and then we make him worse because he starts to appear to cheat his master in order to buy himself favor with other people, changing the bills so that they will like him more so that when he loses this job, he can find a position elsewhere. Although why you would hire somebody who has done this to his master is beyond me. The odd thing here, though, is that Jesus uses this parable of this cheating manager who is commended for being shrewd as a way to teach us something about being the people of the, as a way to teach us something about being Christians. It's a very strange thing. He is not saying, I believe, that we should go out and do a bad job so that we get fired or that we should cheat so that we find ourselves in better positions, but he is saying that this person acted shrewdly. And the way that they acted shrewdly is they were using wealth to gain friends. And he is instructing us to use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so when it's gone you may be welcomed into internal dwellings. It's an interesting passage. What does he mean by use it to gain friends? I think one of the things he may be saying is not to hold on to it so tightly, not to be miserly, but instead to use it in hospitality, to use it in charity, to use it in giving liberally, so that we are building up for ourselves something other than a bank account or something other than a monetary bank account. And he is telling us to be shrewd. And then he goes on, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? 
And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Jesus teaches on money almost more than any other subject. It is a reoccurring theme, and these particular verses have a lot to do with stewardship, and stewardship in the sense of dealing with someone else's property. Because our attitude towards wealth should be being one of stewards, stewards of what God has given us. But it's also saying the same thing that I had the problem with that manager above is, if he's dishonest with that, won't he be dishonest with me too? If you're dishonest with very little, you'll also be dishonest with much. Now, what does that mean practically? Does that mean, for instance, that Jesus is saying if you download software that you didn't buy, if you download music that you didn't buy, is that being dishonest with very little? Fudging the taxes a little? Under-tipping? What is being dishonest with very little? One of the stories I think of is the man who walks up to the woman and says, will you sleep with me for a million dollars? And she says, sure. And he says, will you sleep with me for a dollar? And she says, what kind of woman do you think I am? And he says, well, we've already established that. Now we're just negotiating. Often I've been placed in a situation where there is a temptation to be dishonest. We had a situation once where someone booked airline tickets under our name and we had to get a credit from the credit card company because that was a false purchase. And they were able to figure out that it was somebody else who'd done it, so they gave us a refund. The problem was that they gave us the refund twice, so now we owed them money. And it was surprising how difficult it was to give them back their money. Because I think, for one thing, they couldn't believe that we were trying to do that. But the problem is, even though it was $700, I had to feel that my integrity wasn't worth $700. And so when we look at these things, these monetary things where we are tempted, they place a value, I believe, on our faith. Is my faith in God worth more than $700? Yes then I will behave in this way. If it's worth less than that, I would behave differently. And I think that's part of what Jesus is saying here is we show even with the little things where our heart is. And why would he trust you with real riches if he can't trust you with just money? I think true riches here, we're not talking money because he's comparing it with worldly wealth. And he goes on, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that is probably the most definitive statement that Jesus makes about money and how it is important to us. It can't be number one. If it is number one, it is our God. It is our idol. He says you have to choose one or the other. Money has to be most important. If money is most important, then God is not. The Pharisees who loved money, he continues, heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of man. You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men. 
but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. It's interesting, the Pharisees valued money so much that not only did they not hear what he said, but they are ridiculing what he is saying. They really, really, really don't agree with him. In part, we have to understand because their understanding is that riches are a sign of God's blessing. And if a man is rich, their understanding is that God loves him more, and that's why he is rich. And so this is very, very countercultural to their understanding. But Jesus is saying that how we deal with our money shows where our faith is, and it shows what is our master. And this chapter continues, The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is forcing his way into it. It is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the least stroke of a pen to drop out of the law. Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. These two verses are labeled in a section called Additional Teachings. They are just small pieces of what Jesus was probably spending quite a lot of time teaching. And one of the things that we are seeing is because the people here have been devaluing marriage, they allowed someone to simply write a letter of divorce. And Jesus is trying to hold us to a higher standard here, that it is not God's desire that we enter into marriage lightly. Because marriage, because adultery are things that are written about in the Law and the Prophets, and Jesus is saying, I'm not come to do away with those. Remember that those are things that tell us what God values. So even though as Christians we are not held accountable to dietary laws and such, a lot of the things, for instance, in the Ten Commandments we hold still to be valuable, that God still doesn't want us to bear false witness, that God still doesn't want us to steal, that God still doesn't want us to murder, to covet, he wants us to honor our father and mother. Those are things that God still holds dear, and one of those is marriage. And then getting back to this theme about riches, Jesus tells this parable. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away, with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not come to this place of torment. 
Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. It would be dangerous, I think, to take this section out of context. And one of the reasons that I wanted to go a little longer today to include this along with that first section of teaching is the first section of teaching says that we can serve God or we can serve money. And I think that that is related. I don't interpret that this passage here with rich man and Lazarus says that every rich man goes to hell. Because I would find that inconsistent with other passages. Abraham himself was a wealthy man and did not, as we see in this parable, go to hell. So although this passage states it very simply that you had blessings in your lifetime and Lazarus didn't, there's something I think more going on here. I think the reason why this man wants to warn his siblings, wants to warn his brothers, is that he had a different God while he was living. And then, of course, the most poignant line in this whole story here is he's saying, warn my brothers, because if someone rises from the dead, they will believe it. And foreseeing Jesus' resurrection, Jesus says, no, if they didn't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send them to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.